fucking on a cold winter night mm-hmm. cat fights for sure mm, that's what you think they are that's what they want you to think mm. they are oh, they true. start by fighting but by the end they make up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's how someone wins slightly the slightly more strong than the last one mm-hmm. if you can you sure tell, did, I did. Mm-hmm. whoops getting that vod sewed you're welcome <laughs> Um, have y'all watched The Pharmacist yet? No, no. I've been avoiding it because it looks sad as fuck. Exactly. It's, I didn't think it was sad. Oh, okay. Well, when it starts out and it's like, my son was murdered. Well, yeah, that and crack is and literally a third of it. Oh, okay. Like, you, it, it's the, it's maybe the most unique documentary like as far as the way the storyline goes mm. it was very good Ooh, i'll watch highly it. suggest it Okey-doke. i'll watch it have you been watching the outsider no on hbo no what is that uh the outsider is a novel by stephen king oh um it's one of his more recent ones i think it came out in 2018 2019 like it's very recent i read it then Oh. And then now it's uh, Jason Bateman is producing it okay. and directing it, I think. Oh. And mm. he's in it for a little bit. Um, and and then what happens? And um, what's her face? Cynthia, who was Woods. nominated from the for the Oscar. No, Cynthia from Harriet. Mitchell Pavilion. What? It's no. a place in Houston. Do you know who I'm talking about? Visually. Visually, yes. I don't yes. know her I last name. I can't remember her last name. Um, she was an EGOT contender, but uh, I can't think good. Of Cynthia Erivo. Okay. E. Anyways, that's great. Also, I'm reading Dune like a nerd and oh. it's great. Oh man, it's been a minute. Who made you do that? Myself. Oh. My friend Blake is reading it right now also. And so I Who the to... fuck is Blake? He's our graphic designer. I'm sorry. <sighs> um, my friend was, wait. Have you seen the movie though, right? I haven't. Okay. I know nothing about Dune. All right. Other than what I have read. Well, because my uh, my friend Danny was reading Dune and I was like, oh yeah, I just watched that movie and like I really liked it until the, and then he mm-hmm. was like, oh, that happens. Oh, cool. and I was like, fuck. I haven't God seen the movie, it. so don't fucking then tell again, me. Have you read the book? No. I From what I understand of the David Lynch movie, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if the two are really that related. Okay. They're not, but the one thing that I But there is the one is thing that really sure happens. Okay. A big deal in both. I've read the book. I, don't, I haven't hmm. seen the movie. It's actually a bigger deal in the book. So I was like, uh, oh, okay. Danny, I'm so sorry. Mm. I wonder what it is. Mm. I wonder if I already know it. I wonder I that know. too, but there's only one way to find out and I'll get in trouble if you don't. I'll be done with it probably this week. So Okay. Text, we'll talk. Text me. Okay. Wow. Welcome to Dune Chat. Yeah. I've been li- I've been reading it's Sandy uh, here. <laughs> I've been reading Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Okay. Oh, people love her. I know. I feel like the biggest sellout. Mm. Explains she's, your new She's kind attitude. of like a meme. Mm. You know. Mm. For I like, heard her podcast is really great. Also, she has a podcast. Yeah. I think hmm. it's just called like Being Happy or something. Yeah. Brene Brown. 
but I know that name. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's a, uh, she's big shit. I mean, if you've ever been to a therapist and you are a woman or identify as a woman or just not a straight white male, you have been told, check out Brene Brown. Yeah. yeah. That's true. She looks happy. My, uh, yeah. She's from Houston. My co-parent during her recent, most recent breakup went through a Brene Brown, I would say phase, but it was so much stronger than that. <laughs> you know? It's like a renaissance. I mean, yeah. was that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, it seemed like good for her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I'm not going to get on a Brene Brown pedestal right now, but I want okay. to. Is it helping you, Lisa? How do you feel? Don't well, fucking tell me. That's this not one's about like for. being a leader in a fucking organization or whatever in a corporate world, but it's fine. <laughs> Tight. That's what I want from yeah, my books. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. It's easy to listen to. She's like conversational. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So you talk back to her? No. It's a one-sided conversation. Most of my conversations are. I wish I didn't have to talk to you right now. See, I just I interrupted you because it was one sided. I shouldn't have said anything in that moment. I hope there's at least two listeners out there trying to talk to us right now. Talk to us. Message us. (laughs) Message us on Instagram specifically because if you do, I will do an episode for you. That's true. Um, (laughs) That's a tremendous amount of power Whitney's thrown out there. It's true. Did y'all see Marcus, uh, Austin Comedy's biggest fan? Yep. He posted on our, he commented on one of our statuses saying like, hey, thanks to Weird Brunch, I found out that Bing, uh, oh, that yeah. Alexa uses Bing. And yep. I was like, someone listens to me. Yeah. And the dumb shit that I know. That's that was true. an interesting fact. Lisa. It was an interesting right? fact. And also it's Marcus. I know. He Marcus listens to everybody. salt to the earth. Sweetheart. Best dude. Pays attention. 10 out of 10. To Messages everything. us on Instagram also. Mm, important. It it's is. an important trait. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, did we already say welcome? Oh, no. I can't remember. Nope. Welcome to Weird Brunch. You're welcome. You're welcome. To Weird Brunch. Uh, I'm Lisa Friedrich. I'm Karina Backyard. I'm Whitney Lamond. <gasps> oh my God. Let's get into the story hole. <laughs> you want to do it? Let's jump into this hole. Um, so originally I wanted to do something. I was like, what if I do a story about psychics who were right in murder cases? Mm. And there's like virtually none. Doesn't exist. There's like one and Whitney. they like got lucky. Whitney. What? There are TV shows. There are. <laughs> dedicated. Yeah. To people How who do this and they solve all of them. None. None. All of them. None. So all of them. I. Oh boy. Wow. Very deep. Did Brene Brown teach you how to do that? No. That's <laughs> how you command a room. Mm. With that Hello. deep voice. Yeah. The Elizabeth what's her face. Yeah. Elizabeth. That's the Theranos <laughs> yeah. voice. Yeah. Blood will never be the same. <laughs> Dang. We. Oh my God. <laughs> You're too good at that. Please do your story like that voice. We That's all are I revolutionizing. We are revolutionizing the face of medicine. Can you imagine going into a Walgreens and having. Anyways. Can um, you imagine <laughs> how I sound when I'm having sex? <laughs> you on know, all this she doesn't sound like that. 
Oh, it's oh wait, she probably money. does. It's probably even uh, deeper. Oh, uh, I uh, am experiencing intercourse. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cool thing is, she only needs like one drop of cum to get pregnant because she's so efficient. That's true. She is very. <laughs> she can really sequence that With DNA. Just one drop of cum. <laughs> 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 I mean, we've all gotten pregnant off of less. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. Um, True. I just had the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Oops, I'm breaking shit. Okay. Oh, what was happening? Psychics are no good at their jobs. No, yes. They're great at their jobs. They're terrible. I already am mad. <laughs> um, I just wanted to put that out there because I looked for so long trying to find a story that was good, and it just didn't happen. In the end, it didn't really matter. It didn't. But... <laughs> I found somebody else, okay. not a psychic, but a con man, which is basically what a psychic is. This is offensive. Is it? <laughs> so literally is half of offensive? our listeners are psychics. Um, mm. No. The psychics don't, wouldn't have to listen if they were really psychics. They already okay. know what we're saying. Okay, mm-hmm. look, if y'all don't, haven't done the persona base on our customers, then that's not, <laughs> that's not on me. <laughs> okay, this guy is one of the most efficient prolific prolific conman of his time um his name is victor lustig iconic he is german um born in 1890 1980 that would be funny 1890 um he came from austria hungary and um kind of hopped all over the world because that's just the kind of guy he was. Uh, He was super smart when he was a kid. He was quick to learn, but he was also too smart for his own good. And he was like, I can just fucking scam people. I don't know why I need to go to school for this other important stuff. Um, At age 19, while taking a break from his studies in Paris, he started gambling a lot. And that's when... So if you ever see pictures of this guy, he has this giant scar across his face and he got that when he was 19 because he was like hitting on some woman and her boyfriend got jealous and they fought and he like cut the fuck out of his face. Um, Yeah. So he's also fluent in a few languages, which helps. Um, He was able to conduct a variety of small little scans Scams that made him money, uh, you know, like you do. Uh, but his he has two that he's particularly well known for. One of uh, there's two and they're both very fun. I don't know which one to start with, but I'm going to do the money box. OK, so this thing was called the Romanian box and he it's this cool little wooden box that he told people made money like it could make counterfeit money um it was this box that he had made by one of his buddies and what you would do is there were two slots in the box and you would put like a (laughs) hundred a hundred um note dollar bill into one side it would take six hours mm-hmm. but when you came back and looked in it there would be two hundred dollar bills in there like i want to say dollar for dollar like they look exactly the fucking same okay and so the way he would show people this box 
is obviously he would meet them most of the time. He was like out gambling, kind of trying to find that right type of mark, the person who would be interested in something like this. Um, So clearly not like the most honest people in the world, but definitely someone who would like to make a quick buck. And is dumb. Yes. And is dumb, but also kind of has enough money to walk around with like a $100 bill in their Mm, pocket. I love the dumb rich. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So... That's who I'm saving my two whole box for. Yep. He would show the people, you know, they'd, he'd be like, all right, come on. We're going to go up to my hotel room. We're going to, I'm going to show you this fucking box. You put Tell me this. which one I pee out yeah. of. Oh, which man. one you put your dinger in. This sounds so funny. Dinger. Dinger. Oh, it's so good. So he's like, okay, so take this. Give me your $100 bill. We can go up. You can watch me put it in. The thing is, is that it's going to take six hours for this duplicate. Who is he staying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for this duplicate bill to print out fully. So what do you say? We like just leave the box here. Let's go grab some dinner. Let's go gamble some go more. Fuck for six hours. Yeah. And we'll come back and just see what happens. And then people are like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. And so they'd leave the room. And then through the magic of compound interest. Yeah. (laughs) Through the magic of somebody putting it in there, they would come back up. (laughs) I know. And um, lo and behold, inside the box are two identical $100 bills. Double penetration. And... The way, and he would be like, okay, to fully prove this to you, let's go put these in a bank and I'll show you. We'll go like change them out for 20s or something. And they were like, okay, no problem. Um, So what he would do is he would tell them though, like, okay, well, we have to go to two separate banks to cash them because we don't want them. They have consecutive numbers, right? Mm. So when he was initially putting that hundred dollar bill in there the other hundred dollar bills were already like ready Mm -hmm. and they were ones that he had that were consecutive hundred dollar bills so he would at the time you could kind of erase if you did it well enough the last number on the serial number of a hundred dollar bill so he it looked like he did have two identical same serial number hundred dollar bills because it was real money sure it wasn't fake so you know this is just adding to the con is like well we can't go to the same bank blah 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 and so after he showed the person he'd be like yep okay well here's your two hundred dollars i helped i showed you how it's done Mm -hmm. and then of course the person would be like so about that like money printing machine you have how much would it cost for me to buy it and he'd be like no 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 i like i made this myself it takes a really long time i don't <laughs> fucking want to sell you my super awesome free money machine and my- they're like please 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 please, i'll pay you like thousand thousand dollars i don't give a shit please let me have this and he'd be like oh, you're twisting my arm okay fine i will sell you this and i will make my another one so he would sell them this money-making machine and they would be like, fuck yeah. And then at that point, he would be like, okay, well, now I've got like six hours to get 
the hell out of here yeah. mm-hmm. uh, before they realize that this is bullshit. And so he did it quite a few times until um, he did it to a Texas sheriff <laughs> who was like, don't mess with Texas. Now he, the sheriff followed him like all around America, finally caught up to him in Chicago. And when he saw the sheriff, he was like, you know what? It just must, I don't think you're using the fucking box correctly you're i think you're wrong like i Going in the wrong sir hole. i did not con you yeah. you are just not using it right and if you don't believe me i understand like i don't want that on me i will pay you back for this box and he paid him for that box back all the money mm-hmm. in counterfeit bills mm-hmm. that he had mm-hmm. made himself mm-hmm. and uh the sheriff like got arrested later for trying to use counterfeit bills mm-hmm. because he didn't even so double conned that sheriff also that sheriff must have done the first step of this where he bought into it and decided to buy a counterfeiting machine Mm -hmm. so like this Mm -hmm. sheriff wasn't exactly like dudley do right yeah Yeah. for sure well and also the thing about he was the first bad cop no that's it (laughs) yeah so this (laughs) this other scam is my favorite and it's the eiffel tower scam so this is the most sexual story i know there's so many i'm sorry but it was a long time ago so So everything's dick related or something if you just wait six hours another another eiffel tower will show in 1925 paying me thousands (laughs) six hours yep in 1925 (laughs) victor lustig travels back to france and he's staying in Paris and he sees this newspaper article where people where they're talking about the problems that France is having with maintaining the Eiffel Tower. Mm. And he's like, that's interesting. Um, the monument itself was starting to fall into disrepair. The city was finding it increasingly expensive to maintain and repaint it all the time. Really? It's only like 15 years old. I don't know. Oh. Part of the article made a passing comment that the overall public opinion on the monument would move towards calls for its removal, which Mm -hmm. Lustig was like, that's fucking double interesting. Um, He researches a bunch of stuff about the tower itself and the land that it's on and uses this article and he starts to prepare the scam where he's going to sell the Eiffel Tower. Mm. So he hires a forager to... <laughs> not forager. Forger. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh. I apologize. <laughs> just go out there. Find some guys. Forager. Just, to forage for the Eiffel Tower. Twigs and berries. Yeah. And he hires a forger to... The Eiffel Tower out of That's going to be more yeah, helpful. Yeah. To uh, make him some fake government stationery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets together a small group of scrap metal dealers. And he's like, I'm God. having this confidential meeting in this super expensive hotel and I am the deputy director general of the Ministère de Poste et Telegraph, mm. the Ministry of Posts and Telegraphs in Paris. That's like the Paris, Texas Railroad Commissioner kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. They're actually in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in the meeting, he convinces the men that the upkeep of the Eiffel Tower is way too expensive for Paris and the French government is looking into selling the Eiffel Tower for scrap metal. Mm-hmm. Um, because the deal... Isn't that what Kelly said? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that. Oh, shit. Hmm? Yeah. Vote Kelly Stone for Texas Railway Commission. Yeah, why not? Cool. Do it. She's really got a plan. Tight. So, because this deal of scrapping the Eiffel Tower would be considered very controversial and would spark public outcry, he told these men that they couldn't say anything about this until the deal goes through because people are going to fucking freak out. Mm. And he, so he told these guys, he's like, I'm the person who's going to be in charge of selecting the person who receives ownership of the structure. And y'all have been selected because you seem like honest businessmen. (laughs) Um, He did a whole spiel about everything about the Eiffel Tower. He did his research to make himself sound more, or more, What's the word I'm looking for? Smart. Smart. No, just genuine, I guess. Yeah, more legit. Um, He compared it to the other monuments of France, like all their cathedrals and the Arc de Triomphe and how it's way different. And this doesn't fit in with our classic stuff, clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, And people were like, you know what? He's goddamn right. Oh, when that thing went up, like half of Paris hated it. It was controversial. So Mm -hmm. that probably wasn't hard to like. Mm -hmm. People are like, fuck. So in this little group of scrap metal men, he finds the person who he is going to be his main mark. And the guy's name is Andre Poisson. Like, Like Le Poisson, like fish spelled exactly the same. Uh Le Poisson, Le Poisson. Yes. He was super insecure and really, really wanted to rise up in the inner circles of Parisian business communities. Um, So he was like, all right, let's do this. Uh, In a private meeting with Poisson, Lustig convinces him that he's himself he is a corrupt official <gasps> uh oh he was saying he's pissed because the position the government gave him didn't give him a salary that's generous enough for the lifestyle he wants he thinks the belief of the sale of the Eiffel Tower would secure him a place amongst top businessmen and Poisson is like oh man like me too this is basically exactly the same as me this works perfectly if I pay you a large bribe. Will you let me become the owner of the Eiffel Tower? Oh, my God. And this is some Trump shit. Lustig is like, <laughs> which part? Yeah, I All fucking will. And Poisson sells or buys the Eiffel Tower from him. Buys. Mm-hmm. And like how much? immediately. It doesn't say how much. Six hours. <laughs> immediately. Poisson flees to Austria. And so the thing about getting scammed. You mean and, Lustig? Or, yeah, what did okay. I say? Poisson. Poisson. No, Poisson's there. <laughs> Lustig flees to Austria. Um, the thing about people getting conned is that they don't ever want to admit it. Like, right. you fucking idiot. You think you were going to buy the Eiffel Tower? Are you insane? Right. So Lustig is 
in Austria and he's keeping tabs on France's papers. Like, okay, if this guy goes to the cops, they're going to print it in the paper because right. this is a kick-ass story. <laughs> and... <laughs> He was like, I hope that's what he was yeah. really thinking. But I don't think that Poisson is going to go to the French police because he's going to feel like such a fucking idiot right. for thinking he bought the Eiffel Tower. And he, it turns out he's right. <laughs> Nothing ever comes up. And Lustig is like, bitch, I can do this again. <gasps> he comes back to Paris and gets another group of guys together does the same spiel and um he meets this mark who he's like yeah this is gonna be my guy and he's almost there and right before it was supposed to happen that guy tells the cops and poisson is he knows the police are coming to arrest him and so he flees to the US. Wait, Poisson or Sorry, I keep Lustig. saying Poisson, I think just because it's a fun I like word saying to say. It. Yeah. yeah. Lustig flees to the US to evade capture so he doesn't get arrested for Fucking, selling right. the Typical Eiffel German Tower bullshit. for the second time. And also to sell the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, right. To um Fred Trump. So <laughs> He's over in the U.S. again. He tries to scam Al Capone, um, (laughs) which was very dangerous, obviously. He also ends up going to Nebraska to try and set up a large-scale counterfeiting operation. Um, And what ends up happening is it's very successful. They're putting these counterfeit bills into print. It's getting into the U.S. economy. And then one day he pisses off his fucking girlfriend and she's like, you know what? Fuck you. She calls uh, the cops and she's like, my boyfriend is counterfeiting money like crazy. Y'all need to come and get him. And they get him and they're like, hey, man, you're counterfeiting all this money. And he's like, no, I'm not. It's totally her. And they're like, "Okay, well, what's this key that we just found in your pocket? And he's like, I don't know. And they put it there. It was a key to this box in excuse me in Times Square like a lockbox and they open it and there's $51,000 in counterfeit bills in the lockbox and they're like bitch we got you Mm. so he gets sentenced to 15 years in Alcatraz he was in Nebraska and the money was in New York Mm, he set up like the counterfeiting stuff in Nebraska the manufacturer but he was all over the place okay um, it was called Lustig money because it was so prominent. Um, but yeah, he gets sentenced to 15 years in Alcatraz and, uh, like the bad. day he was supposed to go, he escaped and was escaped for 27 days <laughs> and then they found him again. Um, and he ended up dying in prison from pneumonia in 1947, but he has these, Ten Commandments. He had his own Ten Commandments, and I like them. <laughs> it's the Ten Commandments for con men attributed to Lustig. Okay, let's hear All it. All right. One, be a patient listener. It is this, not fast talking, that gets a con man his coups. Oh. C-O-U-P-S. Coups. That 
That's like Brene Brown. Okay. okay. So be a patient listener. <laughs> Brene Brown. Two, never look bored. Three, hmm? wait for the other person to reveal any political opinions, then agree with them. Brene Brown. Four, yeah. let the other person reveal religious views, then have the same ones. Hmm. Brene Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Five, hint at sex talk, but don't follow up unless the other person shows a strong interest. So Brene Brown. Also, like everybody, mm-hmm. yeah. Never discuss illness unless someone's or some special concern is shown. Oh, so like, don't look weak. I guess unless right. the other person is like that. Okay. Never pry into a person's personal circumstances. Parentheses. They'll tell you eventually. Ah. Brene Brown for yeah. sure. Actually, mm-hmm. true. Mm. Never boast. Just let your importance be quietly obvious. Mm. Never be untidy. Never get drunk. And never get jealous. Oh, man. I I bet you that last one has something to do with that old girlfriend. Probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Actually, all three of them. He probably didn't pick up around the house. Mm -hmm. Probably got jealous. Probably got drunk. Yeah. And then she was like... I feel like those commandments are pretty fun. They and are generally okay rules to live by other than just agreeing with people. So you, yeah. you know, whatever. Eh, but, yeah. I mean, why have convictions when you can have friends, you know, mm-hmm. oh, but that's Mr. Lu- Victor Lustig. Yay. The con man who sold the Eiffel Tower twice. Good for him. I do wonder how much he sold it for. I don't know why it's not in either of them. I mean, it probably is some amount that wouldn't translate in who knows what it really means. But Mm -hmm. I just got curious for some reason. Well, I got a con man story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's um, a little bit earlier. So this is the story. I have it. Sorry. Hold on. 100,000 francs in 1947. Oh, that's that's good. That's a good price. Okay. I mean, that's a bargain. It's a pretty... Mm-hmm. For the, <laughs> for the, for for the, the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. Tower. Yeah. yeah, not so bad. Mm-hmm. So this is the story of the con man who accidentally kept Quebec from becoming part of the United States. Oh. Yes. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So this is... Oh, also French-related. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So Revolutionary War time, right? Uh, Which is... 1776 80s 1770s into the early 80s let's just 1942 grow up so late 1780s revolutionary wars done britain leaves this lone stop shooting at us but we are in articles of confederation time things are not going well yeah betsy ross america 13 very broke very messed up miranda yes (laughs) um nobody has money everybody's starving taxes have gone up which is ironic um given what they fought the war over mm-hmm. etc so Pocahontas. it's a time of many Native Americans. <laughs> sacagawea uh con men so this dude his name was Pilgrims. ransford rogers and he was Ooh, a, Ranford. Ransford Rogers was Ooh, a like school teacher. Ransford is a good name. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yep. So he's Pee a school, on a stick. He's a school teacher, <laughs> and he decides making school uh, teaching school doesn't make enough money. So he starts talking about all the gold that the British soldiers had buried 
on American land as part of their supply train kind of thing during the war mm-hmm. that they hadn't come back to recover since the war ended. Hell yeah. Very popular kind of urban legend. Lots of people were leading like digging missions to find all the gold that the British had left behind after the war. Okay, I'm really I'm really sorry and I'm double sorry if this buries a lead. Is it really just an urban legend? I don't know. I didn't okay. really look into this part of whether Sounds or not like anybody we have ever a trip found to any. Take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Digging um, across America. Yeah. We'll start I mean, in West Virginia. These guys didn't find anybody. That doesn't mean that it's not there. Um, so he is like, okay, well, I could just take people out there to try to dig for gold. But, you know, eventually people get tired and they don't really do it. Um, so he goes a little bit deeper. Now, at the time, America was a really religious place, but the religiousness, like now, was more like religious than churchy. You know what I mean? It was more like you say anything spiritual and people are like, oh, I'm into it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so lots of witches and goblins and stuff like that was very popular. Fun stuff. Yes. And so he, um, and he also, as a teacher... Um, mostly knew a lot about like chemistry, such as it was at the time. So he started going around New Jersey telling people that there's lost treasure in the hills, um, but that in order to get to the remaining lost treasure that hasn't already been dug up and found, you got to get through me. You've got to get through the hobgoblins who guard the hill. <gasps> Ooh, this sounds like Scooby-Doo. The yep. hills have eyes. So you got to go to this special Dollar. hill um and 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 negotiate with the hobgoblins who will tell you where the gold is because their knowledge quote descended into the bowels of the earth and could reveal the secret things of darkness oh my god i saw a hobgoblin get up in the tree and play a leprechaun so who will see the hobgoblins say yeah in uh, August 1788, he goes to Morristown, New Jersey, sets up a school, starts recruiting people to go digging up gold with I'm sorry, the I'm sorry, he goblins. sets up a school? Yeah, to get, like, trust in the community. Like, he's a school teacher. God damn it. And then, like, you know, as people come in for their parent-teacher conferences or whatever, he's like, hey, by the way, you want to go, like, negotiate with the hobgoblins for some gold? By the way, your kid says you're poor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so he uh, goes in to the woods. And he has a friend named from Connecticut, mm-hmm. also a school teacher, because these school teachers were up to no good in the 1780s. Or no. His friend's name was, and I'm not kidding, Mr. Good Enough. Hell yeah, what a cool last name. <laughs> yep. Mr. Good Enough. Mr. Good Enough. Who are you marrying? Mr. Good Enough. Yeah. He's, he's fine. good enough. He was actually an unmarried gentleman, so mm-hmm. because the wife didn't. He sounds want like that. a wrestler. <laughs> So they start recruiting the people of town of Morristown, and they name themselves the Spirit Batch. I love and it. And they form a little club, and they get together and go on the hill and like have little rites and ceremonies, stand in circles, you know that kind of fun stuff. Um, eventually, they get about forty people who have practiced all the like rituals they need to do to negotiate with the hobgoblins, and they're ready to go and get this gold. So they go to this place, twelve miles out of town. 40 men gather in a circle only candles are lit oh, and there's just like God. gloom in the woods and then all of a sudden while they're doing their ritual a huge explosion pops <gasps> out of the earth and flames rise from the blast site and there's lots of things what? flying through the air and they hear groans and moans and ghost noises and then they see a shadow in the like kind of dusty smoky fog 
and uh, it starts saying things. What? And uh, it tells them like in riddles where to find the gold and stuff like that, but they can't quite hear it. And it's like very faint. And they start yelling, spirit, spirit, what are you saying? And all they can make out is too weak to be her. <gasps> so like after that, everybody's like, holy fucking shit. We got one. We got a spirit out of the ground, but like it was too weak. We need to make it stronger. And Ransford Rogers is like, you know what we need? We need a divining rod. Like we need a divining mm-hmm. rod that can summon mm-hmm. the spirit from the earth and give it its strength. But it has to be made with the branch of a tree that only grows in Philadelphia. So like I, there's not, or not only in Philadelphia, but definitely not Sacred around here Philadelphia. in in New Jersey. So I need to like go to Philadelphia. With this revolutionary branch. Exactly. So if everybody chips in 30 bucks, I'll, mm-hmm. you know, go chop mm-hmm. down a tree and bring back the divining rod. And everybody chips in 30 bucks, which at the time was... I That's don't know. a good Imagine amount of money. Imagine it was probably a month's salary, yeah. right? Yeah, it was like pff, a lot. Um, so forty people, thirty, bu- giving him a month's salary. Oh, He's shit. set up for a, a couple of years. A while. Anyway, he goes to Philadelphia and just uh, doesn't come back. <laughs> yep. Yep. So he's in Philadelphia now, and he's like, "Well, that worked." And he calls Mister Goodenough, who, as you figured out by now, was mm-hmm. the person in the fog. Um, Mr. Good enough. Yep. And he's like, hey, dude, I think we've stumbled onto something. Like, this is really easy. This is good uh, shit. Let's do it away. again. Let's get another spirit batch together. So they set up shop again a little farther north. This time they stumble upon a way to make it go a little faster so they don't have to set up a whole schoolhouse and make it last a couple right. of years. Uh, and that is. Uh, <laughs> Bootleg Applejack, which is like apple cider. Oh, yeah. I've heard of Applejack. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not just the cereal. <laughs> Here at the Hernos. Um, So they do the same thing, but this time, instead of a special branch to make the spirit come out of the ground, they need to scatter bone dust on the ground. Ew. Uh... And the bone dust can only be produced by um, a special animal that's trapped in the woods by a witch who lives in New England. Naturally. And instead of 30 bucks, they need 12 pounds of gold. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So they get everybody drunk on Applejack and uh, they're doing all sorts of spooky ghosts like Scooby-Doo tricks to mm-hmm. keep, keep people hooked in. Like, so close to the spirit, Dude, but we just can't hear it. I would be by this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, if I the would... one got on the other one's shoulder with a big trench coat, mm-hmm. I'd be like, take all my like gold. Yeah. But they're going, like, they're going hard, right? So, like, they need the 12 pounds of gold. So it takes a... This is... Now the time is being taken trying to get everybody scraping that 12 pounds of gold together. Mm-hmm. While they're in this process, some of the wives of the spirit batch are like, what the no. fuck? Your little club sounds like bullshit. Yeah. Um, and they're like kind of casting some sort of doubts and stuff, but the men are just like, dude, you know, we go out there, we drink Applejack, we have a good time. <laughs> Cook dinner. <laughs> shut up. Cook dinner. Shut up. Let me be in charge of the finances. We're going to find us some British gold. So uh, one guy, though, starts listening to his wife and kind of like starts slipping away from the, the spirit batch. Mm-hmm. So, Weak ass bitch. <laughs> Uh, uh, Ransford Rogers decides to pay him a little nighttime visit <gasps> in a sheet. Uh-huh. Sneaks up and does the ghost thing right outside his house saying, I'm haunting you until you get the gold to properly bring me out so I can tell you the secrets. What? You know? And so he's totally convinced. Creep. And yeah, it convinces him, but not his wife. 
mm-hmm. who's like, well, look at that. The ghost left footprints. Ah. And they follow the footprints, and the footprints lead to like uh, a horse hitch, and then they follow the horse hitch, and it goes right to Ransford Rogers' house, <laughs> where they find the shoes that match the footprints. And the sheet <laughs> and the hanging sheet outside. Yeah. Uh, also, so like, he gets the fuck run out of town. Sheets, okay. sheets weren't easy to come by back then, right? Mm-hmm. He's just out here wasting a sheet. I yeah, so he he's holes in it. he's thrown in Betty prison. Did. <laughs> he's totally thrown in prison for like fleecing everybody, but for being a ghost. A bunch of the spirit batch are like, dude, no, come on, circumstantial evidence. He's a good dude, so they pay his bail uh, to get him of out. Of course, uh, and he flees. And uh, after he flees uh, and doesn't come back, the people who bailed him out are, and don't get their bail back are yep. like. Okay, fuck him. Go get him. And they mm-hmm. go get him and they arrest him again. And that's where he confesses uh, to getting like $1,000 out of people um, for this bone dust. So he spends a little bit of time in prison. And then he like gets out of prison, does his time, and goes to New Hampshire. While he's... Bernie! <laughs> while he's mm-hmm. in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. he um, does two things that are pretty badass. First of all... He writes a book anonymously called An Account of the Beginning Transactions and Discoveries of Ransford Rogers, who seduced many by pretended hobgoblins and apparitions and thereby extorted money from their pockets in the county of Morris and state of New Jersey in the year 1788. In other words, he prints a true crime novel about his own crimes. Right. And it's a best fucking seller. Everybody's like, holy shit, this book is awesome. Wait, this is, he just writes and it's. And he used his name as the author? No, there's no author, right? Back then, you didn't have to say an author, right? So everybody's buying it up like, this is the fucking coolest story ever. This guy was like such a con man. He really duped him. What an asshole, right? Mm -hmm. All the money on the sales of the book goes to him. So now he's like living it up in New Hampshire on the sales of his book about his own misdeeds. Right. And he made that money legitimately. It's now 1800. And he's like, all right, well, I'm kind of bored. I don't want to go back to the spirit thing because now I've kind of blown that in the book. But this whole like taking people out there to dig up gold is too good of a con. I know what I'll do. I'll set up a school. I'll get people in my inner circle. But this time it's going to be political agitation. Why is he always mm. setting up schools? Because that's how he gets the trust. They're like a yeah. school teacher. No, yeah, I think a school teacher would never do anything. So in eighteen hundred, there's a huge election, right, between John Adams, Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Huge fight between Who? Federalists and Democrats about like what the future of the country is going to be. Like it's a, it's almost a civil war in eighteen hundred. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, almost. Um, England is kind of like not obeying their half of the treaty. Right. And pretty much just sitting back and saying, America's going to fall They'll apart. Destroy themselves. And the minute they do, we're swooping in and we're getting it yeah. back. And they're making no secret That's about it. I still it. hate all British people. And they're paying every Native American tribe on the border to like go in and just cause havoc. And like America's a shitty place to be right then. Like you, everything's on the brink. Is that French and Indian War time? No, that's before Revolutionary War. Okay. Um, this is lead up to the War of 1812. Look, I'm just here. <laughs> <laughs> so he, instead of ghosts and hobgoblins, turns it into a like secret society where they're digging for British gold, but what they're really doing is meeting <gasps> for ways to take the British out. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, like they need to get out of our forts. Now it's more like a patriot thing. Mm-hmm. Like, And they call themselves the White Caps because they go out at night digging for gold and looking for mm-hmm. old... Um, 
munitions stores mm-hmm. and stuff like that and they wear white caps in the dark so they can see each other right doesn't have anything to do with the Ku Klux Klan. Don't worry. No, that's, yeah. first off, that's what I was going to say. Second off, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. We had forts with British in them. Yes. Well, like leftover ones from the revolution. So, like the okay. I, like Iraq right now. Kind of. Yeah. So the Revolutionary War Treaty was like, okay, we get Canada, you get the colonies, the 13 colonies, right? But the British had Canada. Mm hmm. Hmm. Yeah, they kept Canada. They essentially said, you get the 13 colonies, like, but we're keeping Canada. Victoria. Is that where they talk yeah. fucking stupid in Canada? <laughs> and they drew they drew the, the border and they said, we'll stay in our forts on our side. You stay in your forts on your side. But what happened was the British kept like not leaving the forts on the American side. Like in Iraq? In the non-colonies. So mm. in Detroit right. and in Vermont and in Niagara and places that weren't like established parts mm-hmm. of the Detroit colonies. had forts then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a big trading post. For furs. So they were kind of just creeping in, just like, eh, we're coming in, you know, uh, Ohio, places like that. And the Americans were like, fuck off, but we're too broke to fight you. Mm-hmm. And also, just, Ohio, who cares? It was a Cold War, basically. Right. Um, the other part of this was that Quebec is in the middle of Canada. Mm-hmm. Quebec, very French. French oui. and English hate each other. Right. Uh, very Catholic, Catholic and Anglicans hate each other. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, Quebec was sort of like, okay, technically England owes us, but like, hey, yo, America, if you ever want to like get back together and restart this shit, we got you. We got you. And also Wait. at the time, America was like way pro France because France helped them in the Revolutionary yep. War. Thomas Jefferson loved France. Um, more Catholics in America than anywhere else because between the Revolutionary War and 1800, it was like nothing but Irish people just pouring yeah. in. So like there was like a Catholic thing going on. Um, it, Quebec's in the middle of Canada? I thought it was on the far Quebec east is, side. Yeah, it's right above New England. Okay, but it's on it's on the east coast of Canada. Pretty much close to the east coast, yeah. What's on the East Coast? Nova Scotia? Nova Scotia. Oh, well, yeah. So like all the French people lived right above New England, mm-hmm. like right on the other side of the St. Lawrence River. Mm-hmm. And Vermont wasn't one of the first 13 colonies. It was like just this territory that was mostly Beautiful. French. That's why it's called Vermont mm-hmm. and mostly Catholic. And so like this was like the place where Canadians and Americans got together to be like, fuck the Brits and like, can't wait till we get our chance. Man, I can't wait to fuck I have so guys. many questions that I'm not asking. I just want everyone <laughs> to know that. So there's a Cold War, essentially, between Britain and America. It is like space to space, like what's going on? Who's who's loyal to who? Everybody looks the same. Until 20 years ago, everybody was in the same country. It's very confusing mm-hmm. where your loyalties lie. All these new Irish people just showed up. That's causing all sorts of feelings among certain Americans who are like, maybe we should go back to being British. Because that's better than all these poor people showing up in our poor country, you know, that Mm -hmm. old story. And then there's like the French Canadians. And then a lot of Americans are like, why are we like with the French? I mean, there's a little too French, if you know what I mean. Like we're actually good Protestants and blah, blah, blah. All the white people still hate each other. Mm -hmm. Protestant versus Catholic stuff. Yeah. So it's just a mess. And England sends this Scottish guy to Quebec to run it who's just a bastard just a real fucking bastard and he's like his whole job is to make america's life miserable without doing anything that could be like breaking the treaty to wreak havoc Mm -hmm. oh that's like 
Satan. <laughs> like that's what Satan does. He's just basically fuck with shit. Yeah, just go He's, like do a few little things that you know will topple something bigger than you. His whole job is to be the Vladimir Putin of Canada, and he does it really well. How fun so what he what's does... he look like with his shirt off <laughs> hot you know he's hot he has better to be hot. i have a photo of him but i want to page back because i want to read this one this guy so he's hot he hires this guy named john graham in vermont who's kind of a double agent okay and he's like hey can you like do something <laughs> that would make the french people up here hate americans and John Graham's like, yeah, let me think about it. Let me think about it. Because he kind of worked with the Canadians and the French in cahoots. And he hates the new America. He hates what's going on with uh, John Adams. And he hates all these pro-British people. And he's like, eh. but he just wants America to fold. So, or mm-hmm. He hates all the pro-French people. And Thomas Jefferson, he wants it to fold so he can become part of Canada. Okay. Sorry, it's confusing. So he's like, okay, okay. I think I, oh, there's this school teacher who's gone around conning people into giving him money and dues to foment a political revolution that's never going to come. How cool. You know what? I'm going to bring him over the border. So he goes and he gets Rogers and they come over the border into Canada and are seen with their little white caps at night all around Montreal. And John Graham makes sure that the newspapers print rumors about them and mm-hmm. like stoke conspiracy theories about these 61 guys who are just going around in the dark digging and building things. I love it so <laughs> and, much. And they're white caps. And what do the white caps God. mean? And they're all clearly Americans because they're like filthy and yeah. gross and they don't speak French. And I don't know. They seem Protestant or whatever. So he's got all these smear campaigns going on. You just seem Protestant. And then... Uh, <laughs> Graham drops a dime to the local cops that they are planning to burn down Montreal. Uh-oh. To get the back. RCMP? Yeah. Well, at the time no. they weren't that. They were like yeah, the redcoats. Yeah. The cops. The goddamn redcoats. <laughs> the British. Yeah. Ew. Um, so they're like, oh shit. Uh, and he's like, it's all the school teacher named Rogers. You gotta get him. He's the ringleader. Mm-hmm. So he also drops a dime to Rogers, like, okay, uh, I I think they're coming to get you. Better get out of town. And yeah. Roger's like, oh, okay. Done this before. Goes, see ya. Goes back over the the border and he's like, yeah, we're out of here. And he just ditches his white caps. And he's like, see ya, you're all, <laughs> every man for himself. Okay, goodbye. Runs hey. away, has no idea he was being used as a pawn. Just like, ah, right. okay, con's over. Um, when con becomes pawn. They catch up with him over the- <laughs> Con stars. Mm-hmm. They catch up with him over the other side. He admits to doing everything that, which is basically like bilking people for subscription. It had nothing to do with burning right. down Montreal. But at this point, the papers had already put it out that all these Americans were coming across to burn down Montreal. Uh-huh. And it worked. Like from then on, Quebec was like, I don't trust these Americans. You. There's They're something like, to You know this. what their little revolutions and shit? Like mm-hmm. they do. They just like to sow havoc. And they think that we're like the bad guys. Like fuck them. And we're like, Canadian. From then on, like Quebec would never fuck with America. And if they had, when we won the war of 1812, it probably would have, Canada would have been ours. Huh. Instead, because Quebec didn't really want to join up and there wasn't any internal pressure to, um, the stalemate kind of led to the borders being exactly where they still are today. So, wow. Um, that's the story of how a weird demon creating con man accidentally kept Quebec from being part of America. America. Dang. Yep. That's fucking bonky bonk bonks. <laughs> I 
we've had a lot of bonky bonbons. Lisa, well, what? What's the matter? I just feel like I'm going completely outside of the realm here. What realm? Because it's not about con men. No, that was a coincidence. I didn't even know what her stories were. Mm -mm. We fucking planned it. I'm just kidding. We We talked to each other weeks in advance. What can we do to make her feel like she's outside the realm? (laughs) You don't don't have to try hard. (laughs) Um, Don't do that. Well, I uh, I wanted to talk about. Something from my personal life. Camels. No, I did ride one once again Mm. in a parking lot. Pleasure ride on the grocery store. No, I was three, so probably. Um, (laughs) No, I would like to talk about my uh, Sunday fun day haunt from 2010 to 2011. It's called La Carafe in Houston, Mm. Texas. La Carafe. Um, how us? very French. Do yes, that is sangria. why I pointed Carafe. out a French thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. heard of that. So uh, this is, I would say, top five bars to go to in Houston. Like, Still? Even yep. today? Oh, for sure. Especially today. All right. Okay. Um, Where is it? It's downtown, downtown. Okay. It's um, on Old Market Square, which is where they used to have like, the public Markets. hangings and stuff. Um, Back in a market. But it's like literally, Old Market Square is literally where Sam Houston was like, this is Houston. I think that's who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you. That makes sense. No, it was. Uh, but it's like, this is where Houston is. This is like, like ground this ground zero for zero. Houston. Thank you. I Main was like, ground control? Okay. I mean, same. Ground Main um, Street and Broadway for Houston. Yeah. Okay. I've had a lot more vodka. Um, but okay so this place okay when i went um you walk in and it's like you're in downtown houston right so you've got all of these like super old buildings and like super new buildings and like old buildings that have been refurbished um well this is the oldest building in houston nice um a lot of people are like La Carafe is the oldest bar. That's not true. Um, it's another bar called Leon's Lounge, which I've also been to. It's so good. They have really good cocktails. Um, but this was my Sunday Funday haunt um, from 2010 to 2011. And uh, it's very fun because uh, it's a lot of locals. And by locals, I mean not only patrons, but, um, you know, street people. <laughs> Who you just get to know. It's very fun. Um, Okay. So it's uh, on 813 Congress on Old Market Square. It was built by developer Nathaniel Kellum in 1847. So it's the oldest commercial property in the city that has been in continuous use. Mm. It was originally the Kennedy Bakery. And the Kennedy Bakery would mix up uh, fresh baked... Hardtack, 
Mm, biscuits. Yum. I don't know what that is. Is that they were lambus bread? Pretty yeah. much, honestly. Yeah, you'd put it in your saddle. For, honestly, yeah. Sure it was during the Civil like, War. Mm-hmm. It was like, here's a biscuit that'll last you a month. Mm-hmm. Like, enjoy. It's the bread version of beef jerky. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So they were feeding Confederate soldiers during the Civil War. I mean, uh, not for it, but, you Great know. Job. It's the war it's effort. Situation Everybody of did location. It. Uh, and then it became the Kennedy Trading Post, and then it was like a drugstore, then a hair salon. And then in the 50s, it became La Carafe. Um, and uh, let's see, it was uh, recently, not recently, but like in the 1900s, registered as the National, under the National Register of Historic Places. The current owner is Carolyn Wagner. She also owns Warren's End. So, like, this is literally on a square, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in San Marcos or what, you know, like a mm-hmm. city square. And uh, so <laughs> La Carafe is like on the back end. And then over, if you're looking at it over to the right on the corner is Warrant. So it's just like these two right there. Badass old ass bars and this fucking badass woman's like, yeah, I own both. Um, she's also I, I do remember talking to her at some point. I kind of remember it. Uh, she's very cool. So uh, La Carafe is beer and wine only, and it's very cheap. And there's like a huge wine selection, so that's very cool. Um, and it is cash only, which is a pain in the ass. Nice. But they that's le- always I a good like bar. A good cash only. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want like, a bar that doesn't pay its taxes, mm-hmm. essentially. I, I kind of want to go on a trip. <laughs> the three of us. I'll do it to downtown. Let's Houston. go tomorrow. I will. Okay. Um, so it's it's cash only. It uses, and I'm this is very true, uh, a brass cash register from 1907. Like they don't have any other way to tender your funds. Like they have to, the button, like the ting, yeah, ting, it's the ting, like ting ting ting. ting, ting. Uh, they also have one of Sale. the. <laughs> done uh they also have one of the best jukeboxes in boxes god i am been drinking um in, i am been drinking I, I am been drinking uh best jukeboxes in houston and i would maybe say uh in texas um it's also insanely dark so it is you know the oldest building but it's sandwiched between um a building to the right and then some other like commercial buildings to the left and some of those commercial buildings to the left have been like remodeled or whatever mm. La Carafe has not been touched mm. um, it's if it's daytime the sun comes in kind of if it's nighttime it's sunny bar well it's not sunny no, it's I like know. it's glowy it's like, little bit oh, through the light. dirty window yeah. Yeah. Through. Yeah. my dad um, always said like bars should just be dark and cold and smoky that is what this is R.I.P. Jim oh. can you still smoke inside there are they like grandfathered in uh, probably not be like no. super great grandfathered in I mean yeah. I grandfathered in did yeah <laughs> but because I was friends with the bartenders um, that's how you do it mm-hmm. so during at night it's candlelit so it's all like but behind the bar there's these like two or three and it's two floors but there's two or three uh 
candles that they just keep stacking new candles on. So there's these huge like wax on wax on wax. That's cool. Ugh, it's so fucking cool. That's awesome. And they wait until it falls over and then they put a new one up. They start. Um, Hopefully don't set fire to their extremely old building. No, I'm. I am shook. It has not caught fire. <laughs> um, they've got like decades old paintings, uh, photos, clippings, sheet music, taxidermy, coat of arms. Uh, one of the paintings is this huge painting of this woman. Um, I Topless? Forget her name. Um, <laughs> no. There's also a, Sam, a painting Just of curious. Sam Houston. Uh, it's rumored that Sam Houston stayed a night there right before he passed. Yeah, you know, if... I prefer a Stephen F. Austin portrait. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Uh, some of us were born in Houston. Mm. Some of us well, grew up in Austin. Interesting. You know, interesting. Just some weird. of us, I just guess, it. prefer the slave owning Texan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whitney. <laughs> Whitney. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, which I'm one? I'm just here to mm. be a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the entertainment there is just talking to regulars, right? Like, there's no TVs. There's no... You just go... It's just... And a jukebox. The most, like, down-ass bar ever. Um, and then it's, like, when I read that, I was like, oh, shit, I was a regular at some point. Because I remember, like, mm-hmm. older business Houston men coming in, and I'd be like... I Twenty whatever and like well 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 and da, da, da. and oh I work in oil and gas too and I get it. Um, but yeah. also with like heavy eyeliner and mm-hmm. tattoos. You got and free drinks though, so that's the nice piercing. part. That's my last. How you got your name? Um, it's insanely small, insanely small. Um, I would say it's probably uh. Whitney's living room mm-hmm. with a second floor of Whitney's living room. Okay. All right. Um, are there bars on both floors or is there just one bar? There are bars on both floors. The second floor is only open on Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's fully legal to even be open then because the only entrance to the upper level is this in like very narrow wooden staircase. Mm-hmm. That's located at the very back of the first floor. So, like, if some shit caught on fire, mm-hmm. say one you of those either, giant candles. Yeah, you either jump over right? the balcony off the second floor, or you like try your goddamn damnedest to. I can't tell you how many times I almost fell down those stairs. Well, there's a balcony, so that's just, it's just a fire escape with a broken it sounds leg. Like barflies. Kinda, yeah. yeah but barflies you can get out pretty easily yeah with it's mostly the, yeah. with the two mm-hmm. the very clear two mm-hmm. entrances mm-hmm. and exits um but those stairs they are don't want to take them fast no so the the stairs in the back are like kind of illegal but since it was a um protected historical marker they're grandfathered in yeah. so carolyn's like mm, whatever fuck it uh, for a while, they had to block it with a broom <laughs> to That's keep people downstairs because the fire department or whatever was like, mm, bitch. And she was like, okay, hold on. Uh, let me put this broom here. Yeah, I got it. Fuck it. Officially blocked. Um, I used to go there. <laughs> there, we're safe now. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's fine. Fuck you. So um, I 
one of the first friends I made in Houston was uh, this guy named Dale, and he introduced me to all of the bars because he's a drinker. Um, and so I would go there with him, uh, and then his buddy Daniel was the bartender, which is how I became a regular. And they're all like, kind of like, I don't know, like drinky country rock type, mm. but you know, like yeah. just rough and tumble. Bar people. Yeah. Um, old bar people. So. My an- people. <laughs> My people. Uh, another thing about. La Carafe. This is where it gets a little bit more fun instead of me just reliving my youth. Um, There are seances held on the second floor regularly. Mm. Here we go. I hope they use lots of candles. I bet they do. Of course they do. Um, Just straight wax on wooden floor. Wax on wax on wax. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bartenders have reported seeing bottles fall off of shelves and have heard the sound of a young child. Oh, no. Playing, well, if it was a lot of different things before. Playing with a ball upstairs. I know, but children ghosts always are like, yeah. Right? Go Ew, home. Gross. Isn't that what La Llorona should come and get all the child yeah. ghosts? She has one them. job. And you get the She's child ghosts. doing a shit La Llorona, you have one job. Yeah. Um, and then they've also had, uh, there's a Canadian TV crew that went there and they caught a glass being thrown across. Don't believe it. Okay. Show me the well, video. Fucking Google it. No. Google it. No. Um, show me. So here are some ghost stories. Um, why don't I have, oh, okay. So a lot of these, uh. Did you ever see a ghost there? No, but I did. Um, w- so did you ghost somebody there? <laughs> for sure. I mean, I don't even know that, but for sure. Um, but I know that. So one of the ghosts we'll get to in a minute, but I did. I'll, I'll get to that. All right. Um, so a lot of these stories that I'm about to tell that are ghost stories are from um, a bartender named John Rittman. He's been there for years and years and years and years and years. Um so one time a couple came into the bar looking for just a place to grab a drink and they were like, what's up with this old ass building? This is tight. And at some point the dude was like, I got to pee. <laughs> and oh, also the bathrooms <laughs> at the, at this, it should, the bathroom should be more illegal than the stairs. Like they are <laughs> so small like, if you're taking your pants off to pee, your asshole's going to hit the doorknob. Like, it is so <laughs> fucking stupid. <sighs> anyway. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he... <laughs> and he, It's just an added bonus. So he goes to the bathroom. And, I mean, obviously only, like, one person can fit in there. And the man that went to the bathroom, he comes running out of the restroom. Dick out. Uh, for sure. No, I don't know. Okay. Not, We're just curious. You know really what? need some nudity dick out, at this though? bar. Dick yeah. out. I can neither confirm nor deny the dick out. Okay. Um, so he comes running out and he's like, someone just fucking grabbed my shoulder. I was cleaning my, washing my goddamn hands and someone grabbed my shoulder. And John, the bartender who's telling the story was like, this dude was not acting. He was like, white as a sheet. He was clearly shaken. Um, so another 
ghost and i think this is the same ghost as the one that likes to hang out in the bathrooms um she's known as the woman in white which is suspected to be familia man she used to um own a mansion on market square and she likes to hang out in women's restrooms all over market square all right and then she'll make you wait before you can get in so you'll be like you'll be like oh fuck i've got a pee and you'll like try to open it it's locked you knock on it no one says shit so you're like all right they're taking a shit i'll respect that yeah you wait you wait you wait and then all of a sudden it's open and no one comes out um i will say these big candles they have going on make it look really creepy it's so creepy and so fucking cool um so the woman in white is she's on the second floor she's multiple people have said she's a woman in gauzy white and she'll push uh women down the stairs bitch because that's just drunk bitches falling down the stairs yeah because but also even in death she is jealous of their beauty and sees them as competition right now this seems you know like anti-women okay so john the bartender john rittman if you google him you may have mutual friends um he seems to think that the ghost is that of a man not a woman Uh twist twisty 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 twist um but yeah for sure like like i said i have almost fallen down the stairs so many goddamn times i'm pretty sure i've almost fallen down but i've also i've encountered (laughs) i've also been like walking down that staircase and been like whoa why did it just get so like i've definitely had chills and like weird moments on the second floor and on the staircase. Okay. 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 There are reports of ghostly lights and orbs floating around, um, some of which have been captured on film. I cannot, don't believe in that. No, I can't confirm this because I, you know, it's been 10 years. Um, but I am 90% sure that I have cotton. 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 It's fine. I'll Cotton just move mouth? on. I'm you just know. gonna move on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've got did you some look pictures up? of orbs. They look I, cool. Yeah, I did. I saw that. Like, that's I also cool. found a whole website on Owlnet from Rice that has like videos of Caroline Wengler talking and like people. Which, by the way, shout out to the website exactly that Karina is mentioning because that's yeah. where a lot of this came from. Well, unfortunately, all of those videos are real audio media. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I can crack that open in 2020. Oh, yeah. remember. It, oh, just get the, uh, the real audio. Yeah, but what player. was the other one that was? Windows you, Media. Oh, no, with the Winamp. Little, uh, Winamp. You what's can get the skins. One, what's the one with the, the, it's like a little cone. That's the one oh, VLC always, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah VLC will probably open it. But geez. Um, so the former bar manager is Carl Truscott. And um, oh. he had been a fixture at La Carafe. Everyone, uh, you know, misses him a lot because he passed away. Um, oh. One night sometime after he died the bartender hired to replace him specifically was closing up and the new bartender was by himself he was 
much like I don't know. It was like the time for him to like he he had closed the bar and he turned around and he had almost like he was like, OK, cool, I'm done. And then he like looks up and on the second floor, he sees a man that he's never fucking seen before. And he's like, God damn it. This was my first night. So he goes upstairs and he's like, dude, you got to fucking go. And there's mm-hmm. no one there. The second floor is deserted. Uh, the next morning, Scary. the new bartender told the owner what happened and he described what the guy looked like. And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's fucking Carl. And he was like, uh, uh, okay. Okay. And then uh, John Rittman again. And he, by the way, John Rittman is like a skeptic. He's like, I've never fucking seen a ghost. But mm-hmm. like, here's, you know, it's the same thing as like when you go into mug shops in Austin. You're yeah. like, tell me the stories. And like one of right. them will be like, I kind of have a story. I don't really want to tell you in front of my coworkers because they'll think I'm a pussy. Um, so he said that after the bar had emptied, John uh, heard a loud thud come from the second floor and it sounded like somebody falling off of their bar, bar stool. So he ran upstairs to make sure like no one's trying to like stay Get past rowdy. closing because it's yeah. like, oh, it's a haunted bar. I want to spend the night. Right. Um, <laughs> and when he got there, the floor was again deserted. Uh, a few people have said that they can hear Carl say last call. Oh, well, that's just... What happens when, when you drink at the same away? place for too long? Carl passed away in the early 90s. Okay. I think. So, hmm. last call. Yeah. Um, and then Still it, the thing you would say, I think. Oh, for sure. <laughs> what would they say back in the what? origin? Oh, I guess it started in the 50s. I though, think right? last call is like old English. I'm, has there ever been is another it? phrase? I don't well, know. Well, now I want to get last call tattooed on me in old English <laughs> font. <laughs> When you die, we'll tattoo it on your body. Thank you. Please wait until I'm dead. Last call. <gasps> Can you get tattoos after you die? <laughs> sure, why not? Pretty I mean, quick. You have like to be quick. Do yeah. you think it'll take to your skin as well? I mean, for how long your skin's going to last, which is not, yeah, long, not long. But yeah. Okay, oh well, when you're it's on your most, deathbed, we'll it's a get temporary you tattoo. Let's call I've it got that. some wills to get to. I'm going to write multiple wills, uh, figure out which one I mean. Um, and then, yeah, so basically, La Carafe, haunted as fuck, great wine list, fantastic jukebox, let's all go and get hammered, uh, all the time. I also met a lot of my still good friends, which is rare when you move a lot, um, but I met them there. Uh, also, and this I will probably pull out again later, but, um... Something that was kind of mentioned multiple times when looking uh, up La Carafe was the urban animals. Mm. You mean rats? Yeah. No. Roaches, rats. Urban animals Bats, were a bunch of like, it's kind of like roller derby, right? Where you have no. people that are like, you know, in, in service industry, in entertainment, and then mm-hmm. they're also like business professionals that are right. like, fuck it. So urban animals were kind of like roller derby, but their like punk rock attitude was like, we're going to fucking roller skate in the streets. Fuck you, cops. Whoa. Is this Fast and Furious roller derby style? Yes. Right now? Yes. 
Um, but they used to hang out at La Carafe a lot. So like giving it some like punk vibes in the eighties. Um, but yeah, uh, La Carafe is a very cool place. It's haunted. I have definitely felt some weird vibes. Um, but if nothing else, go for the cocktails and the good cheap wine. They only have wine and beer though, which is always a bummer. That's my favorite. I can do wine. wine beer. I prefer liquor. Mm. That's how I am. I mean, nowadays as an old woman, mm. vodka only. It's true. I can't. I can't drink. I haven't had a beer in like almost two years. Oh yeah, I don't fuck with don't, beer. It destroys me. Yeah, and wine like the next day mm. is just. Oh, so there was a. <laughs> I mean, if I drink more than a bottle, that's when it gets. Will y'all tell me if I'm going to get canceled as I tell this very short story that also has to do with Lockcraft? Okay. Okay. So Karina, far. Karina looks scared. Uh, so far, Whitney, so good. Whitney, excited. Karina, okay. ooh. Very excited. Um, I know. I wish I was like, I had a dump button or something, but yeah, go ahead. Don't. <laughs> don't. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Whitney. come on. Whitney. Uh, um... So when me and my friend Amy would go there regularly. My friend on, Amy and I. No, me I'm would go kidding. there. Me would go there. <laughs> my stepdad, Spencer, used to do that to me all the time. No, <laughs> I'm like a grammar fucker too. And I'm mad at myself for saying. Well, you're not canceled for that. Uh-uh. I feel like I should be canceled for that versus what Spencer I'm about to go into. Spencer would cancel you for it. Okay. Spencer would never cancel me. Um, so Amy and I would go and like, you know, hang out all day, talk shit, whatever. But we would sit out on the patio and there's, uh, on Sundays, the only patio you can sit on is like the one on the street level. Mm-hmm. And there's this woman and she has mousy brown hair and she always has overalls on. And her shtick is to walk up, ask you for a cigarette. Typically, I'll hand you a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. At, I mean, at the time, now I don't have one to give you because I'm not giving you my jewel. Um, but... So she would ask for a cigarette. If you didn't have one, she would go through the cigarette, you know. Yeah, uh, get the butts. Yeah, get the butts out. Uh, Get the butts out. Get the butts out. out. Um, Get the butts out. But she, you know, and then she would like just dog cuss you the whole time. Like she'd Mm. be like, these motherfucking cunts, motherfuckers. But I like, kind of like it. No, real. Yeah, it's the charm. Yes, a hundred percent. I was like, "Where is she? I love her." Mm-hmm. And then this other uh, woman we hung out with called her like the witch, just the witch, because she had like, you know, long uh, crazy stereotypical hair. witch face. Yeah. Oh, resting witch face. Yeah. Um, and the like wrinkly the, drug well, addicted. Specifically the the nose. Yeah, like that Ooh. alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Druggy, sure. weird mm-hmm. nose. Um, that's a witch nurse. So she would just come through and like dog cusses and be like, and like we the cigarette butt thing would be right here, and she would just like yeah, and she would just (laughs) I already forgot it Mm because I haven't smoked a cigarette in a year. Um, she would just like get right in front of your face and be like, stare you in the eye as she's like pulling out cigarette butts. You're like, they're just like smoking and okay, yeah. Um, and then for a while she wasn't around. Oh no! And then she came back, and oh, she okay. was beautiful. No, yes. she. 
she had this had whole a, time it was the Beauty and the Beast situation, and yeah. if you had given her a cigarette, yeah. she would have turned into like a beautiful and made you like Duchess maiden. of something. Yes, yeah. Duchess yeah. of Houston. You are if now. If you had only lent one she would have cigarette, you now have inherited this bar into, and yes. all of its properties and fiefdoms and the witches that live within. Oh, she would have been my Ellen, who's not a cunt. Um, and then. <laughs> So she disappears. She comes back and she's like, I had a kid and starts just pulling cigarette butts out. And we're like, oh, that's heavy. Good for you. Disappears again. And she would be gone for months. And it got to the point where we would start worrying about her. Never knew her name because she would not have sentences like conversations with us. Right. No sentence ever. But um, last I saw, she was uh, fine. And she it looked like she had like put some weight on, which is probably good. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, God. This is like how I feel about Sanan. I'm still worried about Sanan. I don't know who that yeah. is. Oh, he just used to show up at the Velvet Open mic all the, all the time and show slideshows of his vacations. <laughs> and he was like had a weird when like, was this? German accent. And this was in the Dana era and uh that was right before i moved here yeah and so he would just show show up bring bring his computer laptop on stage waste half of his time setting it up and then show us slides of like different parts of the world and say what they were in a german accent wonderfully entertaining fellow was it funny i mean it was funny because it was such a like (laughs) shit show he didn't understand why we were laughing and we didn't understand why he was talking and everybody found that great that sounds pretty entertaining but he's gone he hasn't he just stopped showing up one day and i'm really worried about it and i keep hearing rumors of him being on a bicycle near ut it's not enough for me she's been looking for bicyclists since then (laughs) i need him to prowling the ut campus Hmm. well Well, shit yeah yeah. i feel like we just started talking yeah (laughs) no i love that that's what it should be you know what what? that's what we should just be bonding i mean i brought a personal story with some ghost elements and we can just have open conversation about it and also plan a trip to houston all together there's so many haunted places so okay okay i'll stop we're about to wrap up Ah, yeah we're about to wrap up okay okay well, I can't wait to hear about all the haunted places. I'm just in saying Houston. the spaghetti warehouse is fucked up. In the car on the way there. <gasps> <Yeah>. <gasps> because we're going tomorrow. Surprise! Kids, you're going to Houston. <laughs> Can we record car. weird brunches in like weird cities and come up? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not hard. No. But but if somebody can I feel Venmo like every time us, we you can Venmo weird it. brunch at Lisa's C free trip. <laughs> yeah, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>